Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bread aisle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. Truly. Late nights, early mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, yeah. whatever yeah, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good with it, my wealth builders? It's your boy, David Bellard. Here with my brother, Jalen Clark. What's good? What's popping with it? How you doing, my brother? Doing good, man. You know, I'm excited. It's another day. We back in the lab getting ready sure. to hook up. Season five of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast has been going nuts, and it's going to continue to go that way. Yes, sir. How about you, man? How you living? Man, I'm doing great, dog. The transition to Houston been good. Uh, just really getting to know the area and stuff like that. But like you stated, I'm ready to get this podcast going. Ready to uh, just really get these gems out. Excited about our guest, dog. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we got a heavy hitter on today, guys. She's Talk always out here putting out value to the people. And we're excited and ecstatic to have her on the show. Um, before I get to finally introducing our guest, though, just want to let y'all know uh, to make sure y'all leave a five-star rating and review on the show. Need that. It continues to help us grow and expand and get out this useful information to people who need it. Also, if you didn't come to our event in Dallas uh, in January, you played yourself, punch yourself in the face. Should have been there. You'll be good. But don't miss the next Don't fret. We got the next one coming up. To stay tuned, to stay in the town with what we got going on, text events to 337-455-7778. There you go. Events to 337-455-7778. BWR may be coming to a city near you, popping up doing something free or a little event. So look, pop up. Be in the know. But with that out of the way, uh, as mentioned, y'all, we have another great guest on the episode today. Uh, now, this lady here, she is a stay-at-home millionaire educating people on how to become entrepreneurs and build sustainable businesses, primarily in the digital and creator spaces. Uh, she's done some amazing work in terms of helping business get funded, in terms of helping people really learn entrepreneurship. None other than Miss Sierra Nicole. Sierra, how you doing? I am doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you for pulling up. De- appreciate definitely it. appreciate it. And shout out to Portia for making this connection. Oh yeah, that's I grew Portia. She's it. Shout out, yo, y'all, y'all, y'all need to have Sierra. I was like, hey, if Portia putting the stamp on her, I was like, I seen you on social media. It's like, yo, let's do it. We got to make it happen. So oh, yeah. appreciate, appreciate you making the trip down and let's do it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, we'll just get right on into it. Can you give us a brief introduction of who you are and how did you find your way into this digital entrepreneurship area? Yeah, for sure. So I've been a full-time entrepreneur since like January 2019. Um, in 2018, I had my daughter. Well, I moved here to Texas with my now husband. Um, I was pregnant at the time and he had a trucking company. So I didn't know anything about trucking or business. I was actually a college student and and ended up dropping out of college. Um, I got pregnant, dropped out of college, moved a thousand miles from my hometown. So was your hometown? Arizona. Okay, wow. Yeah, so I'm sure you know how that went. That was a a leap of faith altogether. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so 
when I moved here, I actually started working while I was pregnant. Um, and I was working like at Kroger. I had like an admin job, I had two jobs pregnant because if you know anything about the trucking industry, um, it's high liability, high overhead. And it was just us. I mean, I was learning the industry. My husband was already in it, but, um, it just seemed like thing after thing just kept going wrong. So it's like, and you made some money, you got to spend some money. Exactly. Exactly. And so I started working and I actually had a high risk pregnancy. Um, and so I was maybe like eight or nine months pregnant and I was at work and I was having like contractions. I was, I had a panic attack. The medics had to come everything. And afterwards my boss was like, well, you can't leave because there's no one to cover your shit. Are you what? Yeah. And so that was the last day that I ever worked a nine to five corporate America for anybody else, because I was like, this can't be real life. Like this cannot be my reality for the next 50 years. That's nuts. You know? And so I literally took that leap of faith that day and I just never returned. Um, and so I was at home. Um, my husband was doing the trucking. He was over the road in the oil field for months at a time. I ended up going through um, postpartum depression. Um, and so at that time, you know, I was just stuck in this like hole. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't really doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I lost an extreme amount of weight. I was very unhealthy. And so January 2019, I was like, something has to change, you know. And so I ended up doing something that's called a 30-day uh, self-affirmation challenge. I saw mm -hmm. another influencer. I can't remember his name. I think it's like Wesley something, Wesley Billionaire, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so shout out to him. I get, uh, but, but So a 30-day affirmation challenge. Yeah. And so what I did was basically I made a video of myself every single day saying self-affirmations, and I was mm -hmm. posting it to Facebook. That was the first time I had ever made a video of myself and posted it online ever. And so I was like, I just need to do something different because I don't know how to get myself out of this like dark hole that I was falling into. You know, mm -hmm. I posted it um, to like I probably had like 200 friends <laughs> on my Facebook page. But for some reason, it gained traction. And I was like, OK, people are interested in this. I don't even know what I'm doing, but let me just keep posting and just see what happens. And then in the midst of that. My husband was growing the trucking company. We ended up getting multiple trucks. I was learning about business credit. I was learning about entrepreneurship. Um, I was booking the load. So I was just diving Doing really deep dispatch into. and stuff like that. Exactly. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just start posting about this and see what happens. And then I posted something about business credit and it just started to take off. And I don't want to glance over that piece like you, uh, like Sharon, that you went through this postpartum mm -hmm. depression. You had these challenges prior to going into this, right? So I think it's very important you said that about having to do something different. Like whenever you're in a low place, whenever you're not feeling like yourself, you have to make a change at one point or another. And that change for you started with just putting it out there on social media. And I know you kind of say, well, you're not sure why people were so attracted to it. I think it's because you were leading with vulnerability. Yeah, like our guy Kizzy says, like, in a in a world where everybody just shows their highlights, you came and showed the lows and discussed and talked through them. And then, so can you talk us through some of those self-affirmations more? Like, what, what are some of the things that you were telling yourself that helped you get out of there? Yeah, I mean, I was literally just, I would get on camera and be like, Sierra, you are amazing. You're prosperous. You're going to, you're, you are successful. You know, you're an amazing mother. Um, you are meant to have wealth, like just little this, things like that that seem very, very simple. Um, but it was really building up my self-confidence. And as you know, as entrepreneurs, confidence in yourself is everything, yeah, you know, extremely important, it, very important. And so I was really building that up. And at the time, I didn't realize what I was doing and the impact that it was going to have. But everything that I'm doing now with even being able to create content I credit it to those moments of me just speaking those affirmations, even at the time where I didn't feel like I was those things, but it's almost like I self-programmed myself to become that mm -hmm. because I wasn't that at the time. But now all of those things have come into fruition. So whenever you're starting to do this, you see, you know, you're starting to get traction. When did you really realize that, hey, this is something I can really leverage and start to take advantage of? Yep. So it was it was like early 2020, right when like, you know, everything, the world shut down mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, and trucking wasn't like trucking was down, like everything was just bad. 
And so I was like, let me just see if I can like do a class or, you know, something to just like bring in like a few dollars, anything. So I launched a business credit class and that first class made $5,000 in two days. Really? Okay. Well, time out. So <laughs> 5,000 in two days. Yeah. What type of following do we have at this mm -hmm. point? Um, and what type of systems do you have set up? Like, how'd you learn all of that? Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. Yep. So um, I think I probably had like five, close to like 5,000 friends on Facebook. That's about it. Very small Instagram, probably like a thousand followers on Instagram. Nothing crazy. Um, I was started building my TikTok early 2020, but I mean, I wasn't getting any really much mm -hmm. traction at mm -hmm. that time. Um, so I primarily was focused on like my Facebook audience, my 5,000 friends I had built over the course of like eight months or so, you know, uh, after the affirmations that happened. Um, and so 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. From there, I was like, let me just put a class out. It was nothing fancy. I think I had like an Eventbrite. Um, and I was emailing people individually, like mm. there was no system, no automations. I didn't know anything about that. You know, I had people just send me PayPal. <laughs> hey, no, I love it though. We, like that's one of the things I think people overcomplicate, right? Start where you at, right. start where you at with what you had. Like, so you didn't know all those things then, right. but you were able to put on a class that made $5,000 after two days of sharing it and marketing it with your people. So like, I think another thing that highlights too, though, is mm -hmm. the fact she didn't have a huge audience. People think you need to have 50,000, 100,000 followers to make good money, mm -hmm. but you monetize off of 5,000 people. You made $5,000 off of 5,000 people. Like, you didn't even have to, I don't even know, like, your percentage of the audience that you're actually tapped into, mm -hmm. but people think you have to have these massive followings, and it's not true as long as you're in tune with what your audience is looking for. And you provide no answer that value. Mm -hmm. Love it. So, all right, you the first class, this is your first go round, it makes $5,000. Talk us through the mindset after that. And when did you recognize that like, I could probably like take this and turn this all the way up? So it was actually Austin um, who kind of helped me flip that switch because like I said, he's been in trucking since he was 21 years old. So after. Austin is your husband? Yes. Okay. Um. He he started he got bought his own truck at twenty one, and when we saw that I made five thousand dollars in two days, and he would be out on the road for a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time, trying to make that same money, we were like, yeah, no, there, there's some, there has to be something to this, you know what I mean? Because that just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. How much work that he had to put in to make that, and then I'm sitting at home with the baby, clicking and a button on a computer and did the same thing, you know? So I think that's when the light bulb went off for us. That makes sense. I mean, like it's it, the beauty of digital products and things of that nature, like courses that are information based, you only have to do the work that one time and you can monetize it repeatedly. And I mean, versus like you just said, trucking, you taking hours. So you recognize that what was the thing that helped you become a stay at home millionaire? Cause like a, we see, I, I believe, I think I seen you mention it on a previous interview. It was like a $27 product or something that you created. Yep. Can we talk about that? Yep. So, um, yeah, I, it's funny because I, I love talking about like low ticket products because people tend to shy away from that because especially, especially with black owned businesses, just something that I've noticed is that we talk about charging our worth, right? It's like, you know, you've had these years of experience, you've you know, help so many people like you are worth X amount. So you need to be charging that. But a lot of people don't understand what goes into pricing and knowing your audience. Mm -hmm. um, so in the beginning, I was charging a little bit more. I think maybe that class was like $100, you know, that class that made like the 5000 But then um, in like 2020, like March, early, like March, April, um, I started getting on TikTok, doing like the TikTok videos. Mm -hmm. And I started uh, doing like the little TikTok dances but I would put informational, uh, you know, 
little stuff on top of like mm-hmm. the video. And so that started to gain traction. And then um, what it is, it's crazy because at that time we didn't have a car. We had a semi truck. So I would be going to the store literally in the semi truck. Real with shit? a baby. We had the car seat, which I don't know if this is legal, so it <laughs> <laughs> but we had the car seat in the semi truck going to like Kroger and doing stuff like that, right? And so I noticed that my social media was getting traction. And so what we actually ended up doing, which helped blow up my TikTok, was my husband went and got me a Mercedes under his business credit with the trucking company. I posted the Mercedes saying, Hey, we just got this with our business credit, blew up on TikTok. Like it was almost like it was overnight, you know? And so at that point is when I realized, that, okay, a lot of people want this information. They need this information. But if you look at statistically, the audience that I was trying to target, if you look at their income levels, me charging them hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars for this information wouldn't make sense. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to just put it out there for $20 and they can get the $10,000 with the game that I'm about to put into this course for $20 mm-hmm. and it, it blew up. Mm-hmm. So you you said a few pieces in there. One of the things that really stuck out to me was people not understanding how to define pricing. And then you also went into the part of your target audience and their income level. So what are the factors that go into helping you define your pricing for your products? Yeah. So the number one thing is figuring out exactly who your audience is. Like, who do you want to target? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're targeting uh, corporate executives that make a hundred thousand dollars a year then yeah they're they have more disposable income to pay on certain solutions that you'll be able to provide them right mm-hmm. but me i'm targeting startup businesses especially most of my audience are black women 75 percent of them are mm-hmm. right and so we know that their income levels just the reality of it it's not not everyone's making six figures less than 10 percent of people are making six figures exactly right and so it's even a smaller percentage when it comes to the black community and I knew that was my audience because that was who I was purposely targeting to help. And so you have to really look at, okay, who am I targeting and what are like how much money are they able and willing to spend on this solution? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people mess up because they go and create this amazing product and then they try to put a price on that. What I've done is I say, okay, this is who I'm targeting. This is how much that they'll probably be able to pay for it. I'm going to create something that fits into that price point. Right. Because I know that, hey, maybe they can spend $100 or less on this. I'm not going to go create a, a done for you program that takes me, you know, all this effort and time to to do it. No, I'm just going to create something that's more like DIY mm-hmm. to where it fits into that price range, but still gives them the same result. Mm-hmm. I like that. And another thing, like. Did you see any difference with the price point, though? So like. Other guests that we've had, they're like, you know, whenever I raise my price point, I do attract a different clientele and I don't experience some of the problems that I had with the lower ticket item. Are you experiencing some of those things? That comes when you have a system in place, right? Because I always tell people that everybody wants to be the Gucci, the Louis, you know, of business. And that's fine if that's your business model. But don't forget that Walmart is a billion dollar company. You spitting right there. So I was like, let me figure out how I don't mind. I don't mind being the Walmart because at the end of the day, you're still getting quality products and people are going there consistently every single day. I have people who have been with me, like buying every single course or program or event that I have. They're they're buying it. So over time, they have spent thousands with me even though it's been in increments versus all at one time. The customer value. Is, lifetime. Is the lifetime value higher. customer increases. And then also, too, one thing that people don't realize is that having low-ticket products, that doesn't have to be the only thing that you offer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just an entry point. And then mm-hmm. from there, you increase that lifetime value of your customer by having other things, like having a monthly membership, um, having a done-for-you higher-ticket program that some people will actually opt into. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not the basis of your program. And just because you're charging $27 or the other day, I just dropped a $7 product. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you're worth $7. No. Like you said, you're creating different products for different people. Right. Like you're the Walmart of business. Cause even in Walmart, you go in the bread aisle, they got, the cheaper bread, you can right. get the right. the, the, the great value. What's the Evangeline made? <laughs> the, the little plain white bread. Or you can go get right. the artisan fancy stuff. Right. But it's for different clientele. The person with more disposable income or the person who has problems that are better suited for the done for you program. Like 
uh, something I was discussing with one of my mentors is like certain it certain people, because like we talked about the income level, they're not going to be able to see the value in a done for you program. Mm -hmm. right? right. They're not going to see the value in a mentorship because to them, the time they they don't have the money, so that they time need to that value ROI is what yeah, they're like, looking for. They they don't have the money, so they're willing to spend the time. But the person who has the money will always just spend the money instead of taking the time. Because mm -hmm. as you and I know, I'm sure you've learned this over your journey. At one point in business, you can't do everything yourself. Right. Like you're gonna have to outsource and start getting information to get handled by other people. Otherwise, you're gonna drive yourself crazy trying to learn every system, right, right. every everything. It's it's insane. Yeah, and that's really a mindset shift as well for your customer because there's a point where when you are at a certain income level, your mo your money is more valuable than your time, right? But then once you start to increase the income level and to see a little bit more success in your business or your career, you realize that my time is more valuable than the money, but it's just they haven't made that shift yet. Mm -hmm. So you have to meet them where they are. So I got a question. So you... It sounds like you weren't really privy to digital products before you launched yours. Where'd you get the idea for a digital product? I just saw other people doing it, honestly. Um, that was what, back in 2020. So I saw other people, they had courses and I've had bought a couple courses mm -hmm. and things like that, you know, watching YouTube University and I, I just saw other people YouTube doing university. it. Right, you That's can't. a fact. Right. And so the reason why I'm asking that is right now, I know David says it a lot. We're seeing a shift in the digital landscape. Like I see We're seeing people going from a lot of course-based products to the membership, like you're stating. Um, what's your thoughts on that, and how are you getting yourself positioned to take advantage of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there has been a huge shift, a huge shift. And it started last year, honestly. Um, and the reason for that is, which I don't know if you – into like the whole astrology thing. I'm not really into it, but I saw this article sometime last year that really just like flipped a switch for me. Um, and they said that we're moving from the age of the Pisces to the age of the Aquarius. And the age of the Pisces is where we're putting people on a pedestal, you know, the whole influencer mm -hmm. era um, with the lifestyle marketing, people want to follow you, worship you, whatever, right? We're coming out of that era and people want a more of a community feel, a collaborative feel. So that's why you see a lot of, um, I don't know how to put this without sounding bad, but you see a lot of the top kind of falling, you know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. People getting exposed or whatever because of that. And so the community model is more so, hey, I'm not just following someone's philosophy and teaching. Now I'm within a group of like-minded people and we're, we're in this together versus me just trying to follow somebody. It's like, no, this is my community. And so I've noticed that that shift has been huge. And also the marketplace is a lot smarter than they were before. So you're not able to just so easily put a course out and be like, hey, I've achieved this. Just come by it without people asking questions, you know. Even like uh, I think one thing that I've noticed, like the evergreen webinars, right? People yeah. used to <laughs> lie and be like, oh, this is a live webinar. Yeah. Tune into this training right now. The, the average consumer understands at yeah. this point that that's not a live webinar. Yeah. Like, no, this is a recorded. So just that transparency. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I, I like, I'm not in the astrology, so I didn't, I've never yeah, heard it. Never heard that. I've never heard it, but the way you describe the shift is very much what I've seen is like that, that pivot toward like idolization of this one person to like, okay, but what is the actual back end? And what's the value? What can I rely yeah. on within this community? And who can we network with? Well, what are we building here, actually, you know? Yes, exactly. I, I think another part with it, you talked about, like, they're asking questions like, okay, but what's the truth? With the community, you can come in as a new member and you can say, okay, who's some of the oldest members in here? Right. What have you guys experienced? You know, what's been some of the most helpful things for you? You get to get that live feedback from people who's been a part of it for a while. Exactly, exactly. And so that's why I've actually moved majority of my business model into the membership. Uh, model. So I still have a couple like one-off courses that I'll do, but last year I ended most of those one-off courses and focused mostly on my community and membership program. Makes sense. So like with the one-off courses, they still kind of just out there like little appetizers, like, hey, maybe maybe just in case y'all, before we marry, you want to take on a little date, get some right. information, get that, that, but come on down here. Right. So, so with that, I'm going to ask the same thing about pricing, right? 
how do you come up with the pricing for a membership? Because this is now a recurring, recurring based thing. It's not a one time. How, how are you determining your price on that? Yeah. So it depends on the type of membership that you want to have and exactly what it is that you offer, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people think that all membership communities are the same and they're not. So you have memberships that are mostly based on the community itself, meaning like there's not really any education or training, but people are joining just to be around these people, around this community of people, like more of almost like a social club, you can think of it, right? Mm -hmm. You have those type of communities. And there's some communities that are almost like group coaching programs. So you have to just think of like, what is the value that someone's getting out of it? And a lot of people don't understand true value creation and what that really means. Attention business owners and high earning individuals. Take control of your finances with the tailored tax planning services of Magnolia Tax Services. Their team of experts specialize in maximizing savings for individuals and businesses by utilizing the latest tax laws and strategies. From complex business structures to high net worth individuals, they'll develop a customized plan to minimize your tax liability and increase your bottom line. On average, they save their clients $17,500. Don't leave any of your money on the table. Contact our partners at Magnolia Tech Services today for a consultation and start planning for a financially secure future. Go to blackwealthrenaissance.com slash taxes or click the link below. Let's talk about it. Like, what what does it truly mean to create value to somebody? Because we throw the word out a lot, right, in this space. What does that mean to create value for your client? Yep. So there's a book called the the, um, $100 million offer by Alex Hermazi. Mm-hmm. There's the one Nipsey Hussle read to get his album to like a hundred. Oh, is it? Uh, he talks about, about the Subway okay. sandwich. Is it yeah. the sandwich? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So in that book, and that's what really changed a lot for me, just mm-hmm. reading that and understanding what value creation really is. What's the name of that book one more time? The $100 million offered. Okay. And so he talks about in that book what value creation is. And he says that it is basically looking at someone's dream outcome and understanding the higher the dream outcome is, the more value that the offer has, right? So for example, if someone's dream outcome that you can offer is them, um, I don't know, buying a $100,000 house, that's a big outcome versus, I don't know, being able to help somebody make $500. That outcome is a little bit smaller. So the value is is smaller, right? Also, the perceived likelihood of achievement. If someone looks at you and your marketing how likely do they feel that they will be successful in it? So if you're someone with a track record, you have a ton of testimonials, that perceived likelihood is going to be higher. Cause like, yeah, I have a really good feeling that if I go with them, I'm going to achieve X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. So now your value is higher. If you're someone who's a little bit newer, you don't have any social proof. You don't have any experience. That value is going to be a little bit lower. You, you know what I mean? What you have to offer. Exactly. How much effort and sacrifice does it take for that person to achieve the dream outcome? Is it a DIY? That takes a lot of effort on the customer's part to achieve it. So that's a much lower value for that product. Is it a done for you where you're taking care of everything? They just have to show up. The value of that is high because their effort that they put in to get the dream outcome is so low. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to think about these things when it comes to pricing. And so a lot of people miss that because they don't know how to actually create value and what your value is. It has nothing to do with your worth as a person but what is the value that's created from what you're offering? Mm. Well, that's good. That's deep. I like that. I like the way you broke it down as well. Cause I think again, like too often we just think value and like people say provide value, provide value, but what does that look like? I like that definition of the dream result Mm -hmm. of what they have and kind of even going into that same thing earlier that we spoke about people just getting started. They want to come out and be Gucci. And it's like, you can't, you got to get that backing before you got to get those testimonials to prove your value. You can't just say I'm valuable Buy this from me. You need to establish and get some actual results behind it. Sometimes that comes in working for free. Sometimes that comes in getting people to test your product or service. So I do appreciate you sharing that. And I definitely hope that they gain some value from that aspect of it. So uh, I kind of want to pivot and go into some of the larger months that you had and what did that preparation look like, right? We hear, we hear people saying, 
yo, I want to make $50,000 a month. I want to make $100,000 a month. But they don't understand the real preparation that comes into obtaining that type of success, right? Yeah. So what did you have to do to prepare yourself to reach $100,000 months? Yeah, I mean, that's honestly a really great question because I tell people all the time that you have to be prepared for what you ask for, right? Because why would you be blessed with, you know, being able to have a thousand customers this month if you're going to fumble that, mm. right? Because now that's going to ruin your reputation. It's like you're going to wish that you never even had that success. Mm. So you have to be prepared. You Even if you have 10 customers, you need to prepare your business for a thousand customers, mm -hmm. you know? So that goes into your systems. Um, what type of systems do you have? Uh, being able to automate certain things within your business, having a payment processor, simple things like that to where you know, okay, if something goes viral tomorrow, I'm ready for it. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Mm. So what did that look like for you, right? You go from using Eventbrite, emailing people yourself. What type of education did you have to do? Did you go find a course? Did you join a cohort who said, okay, this is how I can help you become this six figure earner course creator what that look like i mean i was on youtube university i spent a lot of hours just watching different videos and just trying to educate myself on mm -hmm. how to do this better because one thing like i love to teach that's what i love to do i love to educate i love to see that light bulb go off on in people you know Is that what, what I mean? you're so, in school for is that what you were in school for no i was actually in school for accounting okay yeah Really, that's very really interesting. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> With the trucking business, you the handle. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I was really. I googled when I was a senior in high school what careers make the most money. Accounting just popped up top of the list. I was like, I'm just do that. <laughs> you was a smart high school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, but honestly, uh, really, that shift for me with being able to hit those higher months mm -hmm. um, was one preparing. You know, my systems ahead of time. Because one mistake that I did make early on was in 2020 when I did have a video go viral and I hit a million views on TikTok, I wasn't prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that I left a lot on the table because I wasn't prepared. What, what did it look like not being prepared? Um, I mean, when you hit a million views in like two days, when people are blowing you up and you don't have any automations or systems in place. So I do want to I want to ask about it because the video that got the million views. Was there a call to action on it for the people already? Or like, was that just kind of, it was just viral with, for information? So there was, I had this like text number and I was like, text this number for like information, mm -hmm. which it was, I was in there on my phone trying to get people's emails and numbers. I'm like this, like I fumbled the bag. So you now. didn't have no CRM on nothing. That's that. when, that's when I was like, okay, I got to figure something out. And that's when I started doing more research and like, okay, yeah, I got to have, um, a CRM. I think I got on like ClickFunnels and Kajabi and I was like, let me just put this together better because there's no way that I'll be able to keep up. And I, I know learn from that experience is what really helped me learn more about automations and sales funnels and things like that. Mm. So what, and another part that I kind of want to get into with the digital products is what does it look like to come up with a curriculum, right? where you spoke about going from either a DIY or a done for you, mm -hmm. what does it look like actually putting in the work to create that curriculum as well? Yeah, so I know that's a struggle that a lot of people have, especially when you have knowledge about something and because you've been doing it for X amount of years, you're at such a high level. And so what I tell people is that you have to remember that the average reading level in the United States is fifth grade reading level. And that's so you terrible. need to be able to break down the process for what you're teaching as if you're teaching it to a fifth grader. Because majority of the people that we're dealing with, no matter the, their income levels, the majority of people, their reading level is going to be somewhat of that average. And so I just say you just have to break it down. And what I tell people, if you're this is your first time doing like a digital product, it really helps to just do a live like masterclass type of ordeal. Mm -hmm. Because then you know exactly what people want to learn instead of you just guessing and pre-recording because people will be in there asking you questions and that helps you teach. 
And then you'll be able to say, okay, this is the questions that people are asking. Let me go put that together in the actual curriculum. Mm, gotcha. That's good. Yeah. So I did have another question uh, with preparing six months and yep, yep. building your business up to that point, right? So the first time you fumbled the bag when you had yep. the viral video, from there, what did you do differently outside of getting the CRM to make sure that like whenever you had the, the, traction. the, the traction that the product sales occurred, and then from there, on the marketing standpoint, did you change anything about your marketing to kind of build up hype to hit those numbers? Honestly, my marketing didn't change a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I, I think even when I was making five grand all the way up to like my $90,000, $100,000 months, I stay very true to how I started um, because that's the, the same thing that got your first customers is the same thing that can get your 1,000th customer. You know, a lot of people will try to switch it up and be like, okay, I'm a big time now, you know what I mean? And switch, but then it's not resonating with your audience the same way. So I really kept my marketing pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. It was really um, that mindset shift as well that helped um, because it's crazy because the months where I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I want to hit this number. And I was very focused on the money and the number of sales are the months that probably were my worst months. Mm -hmm. But the months where I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to let go of the numbers and just focus on the people, focus on making content that I know that people like. Like I noticed, okay, this video is getting traction. Let me do something similar to that again. I focus more so on my audience and that's when I was hitting those six figure months. Mm, that's major. And what does that look like for you creating content, being a full-time mom and a wife and also running a business? I mean, it's a lot, but one thing I tell people is to not look at it as like content creation. I think Gary Vee says this, but look at it more as like documenting, right? So say I learned something new, I'll just go and like make a quick video about it. Um, back then I was doing a little bit more like structured videos because I was doing like the TikTok trends and the dances and putting the stuff on top of it. Um, but now, especially now, I think it's a little bit more laid back with the style of content that you see. But it's more so just like documenting the process. I was documenting the things that I was learning. So when we got the car... I literally was just pretty much documenting that on video and putting it out. Let's document the process. Yeah. And one of the easiest ways, I, I do appreciate you sharing that as well. And I do want to pivot into another topic that I kind of wanted to talk about. So I think I seen you may have posted a video on YouTube about this. Um, were you affected by the recent Bank of America scandal with the accounts um, being missing? I wasn't because I don't bank with Bank of America. I've been telling people to stop banking with Bank of America for a long time. Um, for some reason, especially our community, we have like this toxic relationship with Wells Fargo, Bank of America. And um, JP Morgan. Yes, we just like, we won't leave them alone, even though we know that they're doing us dirty. Like, I ain't gonna lie, we just switched <laughs> to Bank of America because some shit happened with Chase. Yeah, then I thought, the day the day we switched to Bank of America, I seen the video. We started hearing oh about God. shit like yeah, this. Like, yeah. Wait, people, what? <laughs> Wait, what's going on? Yeah. They just, they, they don't have a good track record when it comes to minority communities and really just doing business in general, you know? And so I always tell people that like smaller banks, credit unions, um, mid-sized banks, those are the banks where you can actually really build relationships mm -hmm. with the people in the banks. And it's going to help you in the long run so much more than these big corporations where you can hardly even get anybody on the phone. You're just a number on the paper. Exactly. Exactly. So what what's your favorite bank or some favorite banks that you refer people to? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm with Truist, um, uh, Vista Bank. Vista Bank, especially if you're an entrepreneur, they uh, credit themselves as being like the entrepreneur's bank. Really? They're here in um, Dallas. They have a couple you say of Vista? Vista Bank. I think. Uh, no. Lovick works with Lovick. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And then um, there's a couple, I mean, really any small credit union, Navy Federal, even though everybody, I mean, everybody. They ran that Navy Federal play into the ground. They they Navy fans said, uh-uh, not today. <laughs> <laughs> they ran into the ground. But I've been with them for many years. Um, but just any credit union and no bank is like extremely better than the, another. Mm -hmm. You know, they essentially all do the same. Mm -hmm. It's all about building relationships. Having that relationship with your banker. So I know you teach on business credit a lot. Is that one of the, the things that you teach with business credit yep. to go to those smaller banks as well? Yep. To kind of like go there, build those relationships. So with building business credit for yourself, what would you say has been like the, I don't want to say just the best, but the most beneficial 
relationship you formed like and how did what did that what did that foster like so what relationship did you form with a bank and like what did that result in with building business credit for yourself yeah i mean honestly probably the relationships that we've built with um the different car dealerships you mm. know so being able to walk into a car dealership and they know your name and you walk in and you get the car that you want with no down payment no nothing um, people think that I'm lying. I wish that we went in and like documented this, like literally on video, but to be able to go and get a car, not even show any income statements, bank statements, nothing, you know, just walking literally like, it's all, like, it was almost, we were, cause we what, what are you telling me here, Miss Sierra? <laughs> what, 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 what are you really saying? Like you just walking in the bank, say, Hey, I want that one. Give me the keys, fella. Go walk it out. That's how it felt. Obviously like the paperwork, you got to have like your business credit and, um, we were going based off of our trucking company, which had been around for, mm. you know, some years we were making, I think the trucking company was doing like 300,000 a year, you know, so, so that helped. Y'all had bought vehicles with them previously as well. Yeah. With the trucking company. Okay. Uh -huh. So yeah, semi, semi truck, yep. Semi truck and all of that. And so that definitely helped with our process. But I tell people that it's possible, but a lot of people want to rush it. They want to start a business today and then next month go get a G-Wagon. And that's not how that's it works. Happen. You know what I mean? You don't even got the capital to sustain it. Right. Oh, <laughs> I've always hated G-Wagons. <laughs> <laughs> that craze made it so much more, man, what? Because, <laughs> like, you know, my thing was, I, I've never, I always thought G-Wagons were ugly cars. So it's like, yeah, man, you can use your business credit, go buy a G-Wagon, write it right. off. And I'm like, but yeah. why would I want a G wagon? Right. They're gonna be living in that shit for the next right. two months. But like to the same point, a lot of people try to get the chicken before the egg. Is like right. you you're not making enough money to afford this. Yeah, you wrote off the G wagon, but how you gonna pay the car note every month? The insurance. Right. Exactly. A lot of people don't take that into consideration, and a lot of people don't understand the process of actually buying luxury vehicles because they think that you can go in because someone on TikTok said, I came here, had no down payment on my $200,000 car. That's not really how that works, especially if you've never bought anything of that caliber before. Like you, there's like tiers to it. Mm -hmm. So a bank, for example, say you've only bought a $30,000 car. Now you're going in for a $100,000 car. They don't want to make that big leap. So they're going to say, hey, I can maybe front you like 60000 but the rest you're going to have to come up with. I got to get it out of the mood. Man, it's play boy. Right, exactly. So there's you have to work your way kind of like up mm -hmm. the tiers and the ladder and build that relationship with the dealerships, with the banks that you're getting the funding from. Are you a small business owner looking to grow and expand your operations? Are you tired of all the gurus promising getting rich quick and then offering no results? At Black Wealth Renaissance, we understand the unique challenges business owners face in securing funding, and that's why we're excited to offer comprehensive funding solutions in partnership with Uleverage Capital. With Uleverage Capital, we've given you access to the Business Credit Builder, which is a powerful software that walks you through the process step-by-step -step of how to build business credit and guarantees you will secure the funding you need to grow and expand your business. Visit blackwealthrenaissance.com funding today and get started on building your business credit and securing the funding you need to grow and expand your business to the next level. Again, that's blackwealthrenaissance.com slash funding. Makes sense, because I mean, they're in a risk game. That's taking way too much risk on you. If I, I've seen you with a $30,000 car, now you're buying 150. Hey, this five, five times more than what you have. Even, like, can you handle that? <laughs> even if on like on the car side, right? Like. If you're going from this $30,000, you trading it in, you still not even knocking off a fraction versus if you do have a luxury car, like you're trading in a $100,000 car for another $100,000 car, the equity that you're getting out of that vehicle mm -hmm. is much greater right. than that economy or standard type vehicle. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of people don't really take that into consideration or they just don't know. I guess you just don't know what you don't know sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we'll see things on the internet and we'll just think that that's just the whole story and it's not. Also, too, it has to make sense for your business. Like, if your business is making $100,000 a year, why would it make sense to the IRS that you have a $100,000 car or $200,000 car? It, it don't. <laughs> it right. doesn't make a lick of sense. Right. So, you have you to have think about the whole picture, you know? Like, it's, it's crazy. That's my campaign for this year, though. 2023, like, stop believing you can learn everything from a fucking TikTok video. Right. Like, golly, guys, like that shit really made me mad. It's like, bro, 
It's a minute and 30 seconds. You think that they're going to be able to talk about this entire nuanced topic in this. This is a little morsel. This is a little something to whet your mind so that you can get started. If you're the self-starter like yourself, you can go on YouTube University, get a long-form version of this, and go get that information. Or you can go get the course that they're actually offering or the prepackaged product right. so that you can get the, the full information instead of making moves off of bits and morsels. Because right. people do it, and then they be like, man, this person scammed me or they lied to me. It's like, no, you just didn't get all the information and decided to jump off the cliff. Oh, yeah. Then that happens way too often. Wait, And that's also a part of why, um, if you look at my content now, I don't focus as heavily on business credit um, just because of that, because people come into it thinking that day one, they're going to get, you know, funded $100,000 and not really willing to put in the work. And then when it doesn't work, all of a sudden, oh, you scam me out of you know, this amount of money, like, no, you just, you just didn't trust the process, you know? Um, and so I kind of, kind of shied away from that, even though I know that's what my, a lot of my audience wants. I'm trying to kind of shift that mindset a little bit. Like you got to put in some groundwork mm. first before you can reap those benefits. Hmm. I'm glad you said that because I saw a post that you posted and I got to ask you a question. Yeah. If you were down to your last hundred dollars and you needed to start a business, what would be your next move? I mean, that was me. That was me when we did our when I did our course. I said, okay, what piece of information do I know that other people want to know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me just let me just throw it out there. Like I said, I had no systems. Uh, Eventbrite was free to sign up for. Um, I was using a free Gmail account. I didn't have to pay for that. So you know, even if you want to use like Kajabi or Teachable, they have free trials you know, get the 15 day free trial, put some information on there, or even just do a free class, get a free Zoom account and send people the link to the Zoom account for a class that you're doing for one hour and charge them, you know, $50 or $100, something like that. So, I mean, digital products, you guys, like, that's really the way that I would go. If I had to start over again, I would do it the exact same way. Makes sense. Yeah. Ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't know of a lower like cause yeah barrier entry business than a digital product it's like literally you can do dang near everything for free all you need to do is have the information yourself Mm -hmm. and be able to explain and teach it to people that's it it seems like it's so simple but it really is like a lot of people overcomplicate the process of digital products or even just content creation and social media you think that you have to have 10 years of experience and 10 degrees and have a hundred thousand followers like no you don't need any of that everybody starts with zero everybody if if you were restarting today would you still start with a course or would you start with a membership that's a really good question i haven't actually even thought about that if i would i would probably start like if i was starting today i'd probably start with a course i would um because i think that you want to make sure that this is what your audience wants, but also is this something that you can see yourself doing in the long term? Because with the membership, um, it's a commitment. And I've actually tried to do memberships back in 2021 and it failed miserably. We did. It failed like miserably. Um, And it's crazy because I still have some people from that membership in my community now that stuck with me, you know, because I was very, very transparent with them um, throughout my entire process. And that's really key as well. Like a lot of people are afraid to be transparent with their customers, you know, because you don't have to come off as the perfect business owner every single day. So a lot of them have stuck with me, but it failed. Um, but I would probably start out with the course to make sure that this is something that I want to do in the long term. I'm glad you mentioned that it failed. Cause that's something that we don't discuss enough mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I want to ask, what's the biggest lesson that you learned from that failure? Um, I think the biggest lesson that I learned from that felt kind of like failed venture. I guess I can't really even call it a failure because I learned so much from mm-hmm. it and it's allowed me to build the community that I have now with over 700 monthly members in it. Sheesh. But the biggest thing I think that I learned from it is understanding that a course and the membership are not the same. A course you are striving to just make that sale and that's it. A membership okay, you have to make the sale, but then you also have to figure out how am I going to keep these people in here? So it's that retention that is the main focus. What value are you providing over the long term? That's, the I think, the biggest thing that I learned that helped me be successful in the membership that we have now. 
Okay, well, we're going to have to do a part two for this because there's <laughs> some stuff I definitely want to talk about, but we're going to uh, switch gears. We, we're starting to come up on time. Um, I know one of the, another one of the things we want to talk about was the Beyonce situation. Queen B, behind. She had the internet and yeah, broke the net. Yes. Broke the net. Um, what are your thoughts on the way she positioned herself? And then what are also your thoughts on the people who were complaining about not having money, but now they can buy a Queen Bee ticket? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, that's always a funny topic because I'll see people say that about like the Beyonce tickets. Like, oh, y'all didn't have money for my business, but now you got money for Beyonce or you didn't have money for my business, but you buying those Jordans and things like that. Right. But a lot of people don't understand that these brands and Beyonce, she's a brand. She has built her community and built up her brand for a year decades mm-hmm. you know that's a lot of work that's gone into it and so people know that hey if i go pay three thousand dollars for his ticket i know what to i know the experience that i'm going to get and it's worth it you know because the value is there um and she has the type of brand where she can just drop something tomorrow for three grand and she's it'll, it'll sell out you should like amazon prime day <laughs> literally like <laughs> it'll sell out immediately but it's because of the brand and the reputation and the track record that she just has in general with her community. And you know, I've never really thought about it like that until you did say that. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The brand that she's built, even from Destiny's Child, right? It's like, yo, we've literally watched her We've watched some of her star-studded performances, Super Bowl, Coachella, like, and people want to be a part of those things. Like, they're fiending to be a part of those things. So I never really thought about it like that until you just broke that down. And one thing you have to think about as well, because sometimes we reach a certain level of success, we kind of start getting lazy, right? So we think, oh, because my community, you know, they love me, they're dedicated to me, I can put out a crap product is they're gonna mediocre buy shit. It. But you know that when you watch a Beyonce performance, she's acting like this is her last performance. It's gonna ever. be the same level that you every get. single time. Every time. So that that value is there, which is why it makes sense. You know, but you can't really compare yourself to someone who's been in the game for decades to, you know, a business that you just started a year ago. You know, there's really no comparison. Nah, like comparing your chapter one to somebody's chapter thirty exactly. is a losing recipe every time. Exactly. Now, I will say um, with the thing, so I know initially what I saw was like people talking about going to spend their rent money on yeah. Beyonce tickets. Nigga like, said, y'all not mama asked the first song in my house. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yo, what, 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 what y'all got going on? Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, I understand it's great. Like, she's an amazing performer. Uh, she does her thing, but never put yourself in a position where you're not supposed to do this. Like, I know sometimes I want um, and the the experience, right? Because right. people people have no problem spending money on experiences, but we start talking about investing, yeah. just something that's gonna do some work. Oh, wait a minute, hey, five hundred dollars is a lot, player. I don't know if right. I got that, but I'm, I'm gonna turn up next week. We got this trip. I'm bringing two two bands on that. I ain't gonna hold you. Like it's it's not the same thought process, but I just don't think it should be a situation where people are so eager to put themselves in a negative financial position if they're not prepared already. Like, you know, they got, I just see people joke about it a lot. And I was like, yo guys, $1,400 tickets. That's some of y'all rent. We know that like half people can't even afford a thousand dollar emergency. So if you can't afford that thousand dollar emergency, I better not see your ass at no Beyonce (laughs) concert. Well, you know, it's instant gratification, right? Mm -hmm. So an investment, you're not going to really reap the benefits of that. It's probably going to be long-term, but a concert or a pair of shoes or going out this weekend, that's instant. Mm-hmm. That reward is instant. So that's why people are so willing to dish money out for it because they know, hey, I'm going to get what I paid for immediately versus an investment. It's going to take a lot longer. And also, too, one thing that um, Beyonce has created, and you guys should read the book called Contagious. It's an amazing book when it comes to marketing, but mm-hmm. it's basically how to create a viral business and a viral product and within your marketing, because from Beyonce, she creates exclusivity. She mm. builds up this anticipation and kind I, of like 
this mystery yeah. behind it to where it's like you almost feel like you have to buy it just to see what it is. So she has built that up. And that's a really important component that you can anybody can add to their business when mm -hmm. it comes to like exclusivity and just building up that tribe to where it's like people are waiting for the moment that your product. People drops. willing to spend their rent money to exactly. come to your product because <laughs> you've built such a brand. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and like I've seen that as well. I think she, she did pre like you have to register yeah. to verify yeah. your identity. Right. And like I think it was posted by her team that they were like 800% over demand of wow. what the capacity yeah. of the concert right. venues are. So they were going. Yeah, they added like yeah. seven shows. Like, but that what goes to what Sierra saying, it makes a lot of sense. It's like I've built up this exclusivity and this excitement around it. So it's like now instead of me coming out the gate and just giving it all to you, people are even more excited about it. Yep. We got seven new shows. Oh, I actually get a chance. Before I was talking out, man, I ain't going to be able to go. Now they got seven shows. I can go to one of these other ones. Right. That's and cool. the tickets are actually more affordable than what I was thinking after me and Jalen had talked about. Apparently, she got some 80 buck tickets. So if you could, hey, within reason, I'm all for enjoying yourself, but we all about being responsible here. Absolutely. That's a fact. Can you give me that other book as well? I got Contagious. What the was the $100 million dollar offer? Yeah, $100 million dollar offer. Bet. I just wanted to have that for the people. I'll put it in the show notes so y'all can read that. Um, and we are going to pivot to some of our last questions of the podcast. Uh, I want to say thank you again for coming on, but I'll let, let David get his first question out of the way. All right. So one of my favorite questions to ask, uh, what are you currently doing with your money to make sure that you're securing your wealth? Yeah. So one shift that we've made kind of recently, um, especially being a digital social media based business, um, we realized that we were building uh, a job for ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you can't really pass that job down. You can't, it's hard to get people to invest into that because it's so depending on you. Mm -hmm. And so we're really restructuring the way that we do business to where we're building an actual business with a business model to where one day I'll be able to like walk away from it and still be able to benefit, whether it's even to sell it or you know maybe my kids want to be into it one day i really don't know but actually building a business structure because a job just like working with corporate america even when you're working for yourself there's really no guarantee of what tomorrow is going to bring so it's really just creating more stability as a social media entrepreneur it's really key mm -hmm. so content being recession proof i think that's something that's like People don't think about it enough, but you you made a very valid point. I saw a video you posted saying that like when people run out of money to spend with you, what they can do is still watch you. Yeah. And content being recession proof is like, like I think that's the backbone of what is now called the creative economy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like the creative economy, you basically making money out of building an audience that you are able to influence and inform. So it's like, if they don't have the money to spend with you, you can still keep that audience and monetize it in multiple different ways through ad revenue, dive into your opinion. And why do you think that it is uh, content is recession proof? Yeah. So when we hear recession proof and you see like online social media educators, gurus, whatever you want to call it, um, when they talk about, oh, you know, come learn the recession, recession proof methods to how to survive in the recession, it's always you know, buy up all the assets that people are going to be losing, buying the houses, the cars, the watches that people are going to have to get rid of, um, things like that. But those investment models, it takes you to have money capital, already, facts. capital. And majority of people don't have that. But when people are struggling with money, like you saw in 2020, right, people weren't buying as much. They were stuck at home. A lot of people lost their jobs, lost their incomes, but they were still watching social media. They're never going to stop scrolling. Whether you have a negative bank account or $10,000 in the bank, you're still going to be scrolling. And it costs $0 to do that. Also, too, especially when you think about a recession, the amount of people that are struggling financially, they want to escape from their reality, which is a lot of times why people do watch TV. They watch people, they watch other people live their life uh, uh, on YouTube, right? I've watched a video one time of somebody cleaning their house. I'm like, why am I watching this? I don't know. You know what I mean? But people will watch that because it's an escape from reality. And so if you can offer that to people, when the economy does go back up, you're the first person that they're looking to when it comes to your product, your service or whatever. So it's really building that up now. And like you said, there's other ways to monetize because even in a recession, 
these larger companies still need to market to their mm-hmm. target audience. So there's still other ways to make money, even if you're not, you know, selling things to the consumer directly. Directly. Makes a lot of sense. Like the top of mind, you stay on top of mind at all exactly. times. Like uh, think about fast food restaurants. They spend billions on marketing. Even if people not in going through the doors, they still spending billions. Mm-hmm. So right. you can basically do that for free with social media. You can be your own marketing machine. You just, it's all about your output. Can you get the content out there to the people? Because I think social media is like purely an attention game at the end of the day. If you're not putting out content, your audience is, you're losing out, right? Because we're all competing for the same finite audience. There's so many people on here. We know the algorithm doesn't show your content to everybody in your audience. So the more times you're frequently able to put out content, the more, even if you're not creating sales, you're creating views and those views are creating trust. So definitely, uh, I do appreciate you kind of expounding on that. So. Oh, yeah. People don't realize that attention is the most valuable asset that you could have. And pe- when people hear that, they think, oh, you know, they think something negative. like uh, trying They to do anything attention. for clout, right. clout chasing. Right. But really, attention is just being able to capture someone's mind, even if it's for a moment. So if you can capture a million people from on a video, that is a very, very valuable asset not only to your business, but to the valuation of your brand. So when you are maybe talking to investors or talking to big companies to put money into you, you can say, hey, I have this many people paying attention to me. That's worth a lot of money. And they'll pay for it. They will pay for it. They will, because people don't want to see traditional advertising anymore. Like you're not going to sit and watch commercials all day. I I was Uh telling him radio ads. Oh my God. Right. Annoying. (laughs) Uh, The most obnoxious advertisers I've heard in a long time. So Definitely, like it's shifting to the creator that holds UGC shit. We go, we go, we go get up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna talk about it some more. I love it. So I got three questions for you myself. First yeah, question: clip are, are you frugal or are you a flexor? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I'm honestly more frugal. My husband is like more like flexor, and so I think we balance each other out. Um, he helps me get out of that kind of like scarcity mindset because I feel like when you've when you struggled with money, when you've been like living out of a truck, you eat at oodles and noodles like there's like that PTSD that you have. So like mm-hmm. so you're afraid to spend, but that can be very detrimental to your growth because you really have to have an abundance mindset to be able to attract wealth and money. And so um, I think it helps sometimes to kind of be more of that like flexor. But I think. I'm, I'm more frugal, but I'm trying to move out of that mindset-wise. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So I know you're talking about setting up the business structure, right? But what are you doing to preserve your wealth for your kids after you're uh, gone? Yeah. So um, talk about like trust, having trust to where money is protected. Um, one thing that we've really, really learned is we're talking about like life insurance even though I'm 25 years old, you know, I would have never even been thinking about life insurance. Um, But that's a huge component into generational wealth is being able to have that to where, you know, obviously everyone has to to die. So Mm -hmm. being able to set them up with that, set them up with trust so that it's protected and then setting them up with, uh, like I said, just a better business model to where maybe we'll sell it or be able to pass on the actual business entity. I love it. And my last question is, do you have life insurance? Yes. I love it. It's a must. Got, if you ain't got life insurance, you're, you're bullshitting. You better not be going to see Beyonce. <laughs> I know that damn much. Yes. We on y'all ass. <laughs> but Sierra, I do want to say thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great. Like Jalen mentioned, you. we're going to have to get you back. Uh, There's a lot more stuff that we want to dive into with yeah. you. Um, But this has been great for the people who want to know where they can tap in with you how they can learn more about any products or services or your community. Uh, Can you just let them know how they can tap in? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, pretty much anywhere where there's content. You can find me under Sierra Nicole. Um, I only have one page on every platform, though. So if you get followed by like 10 Sierra Nicoles, it's not me. (laughs) Scammers. Yes. They going to ask you, would you like to buy some Bitcoin investments? Yeah, I don't dare. Bitcoin. I don't do Forex. I don't do none of that. I'm never going to ask you for money. <laughs> I don't get why people. We talk about it all the time. I know. Because it's just a question. We don't need to do it. <laughs>
so sierra oh you just gave out everything once again thank you so much uh we want to say thank you to all of our listeners appreciate y'all for coming in week in week out uh thank you for helping us reach the success success that we're at um make sure that you're tapping in make sure you're staying updated to all the events that we have coming up uh we might have something coming up in houston at the end of this month so y'all be on the lookout Text, text events text, yeah. to 337-455-7778. AE, can we get a pop-up on the screen? Bro? Yeah, that's it. My God. It's going to be some exclusive <laughs> shit. We on our Beyonce shit now. My God. Exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So text events to 337-455-7778. Uh, as Jalen mentioned, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. Continue to share this with people who need this information. Leave us those rating and reviews. And y'all make sure to tap in with our sponsors for the show. Uh, if you're looking to build business credit, we have partnerships with business credit builders. We have done, done for you, walk you through the process step by step, how you can get that done. And we also have partners with a tax service. So try to get your taxes done. It's tax time. Tap in. Link in the show notes. Yes, sir. But until next time, this is BWR signing out. Peace. Deuces. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.